0: Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. I'm your host, Mike Davis, and each week I bring you conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and inspiring positive social change across a wide variety of sectors. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy the next 40 minutes guaranteed to inspire you with our signature blend of wisdom, experience, and banter. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. Babe, thank you so much. We're here together, quite excited for the 300th. Um, I think that's what we're celebrating, aren't we?
1: Yeah, well, it's certainly not our anniversary. Isn't it? No, that's later in the year. I'll remind you. Thank you. If I remember. Thank or you. the rabbi will remind us. <laughs> that's what he usually does. <laughs> Is that what
0: we will learn, the rabbi? Pretty from? much. Yeah. He's
1: very good in that regard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's got to remind the whole
1: congregation of various, you know, life milestones.
0: It's great that the audience is familiar with that. Rabbi Matters, thank you, uh, <laughs> we Rabbi should get back on topic. <laughs> Louise, get, getting back on topic. Great to have everyone here. You wanted to turn the tables on me today and talk a little bit about the podcast. And yeah, maybe
1: well, the, the 300th episode is very exciting. And I think, you know, the listeners have been listening to you for some time with your sharp interview skills, but there are probably some probing questions i would really like to hear from you about you and about the podcast
0: yeah so what we've done is we've tried to pull together a list of the most common questions i get asked um frequently and i've sort of got them all down conveniently for you to uh plow through but then you've got your own questions through. yeah
1: my questions are far more uh probing and interesting
0: <laughs> do you want to start with one of yours and then we'll get to the the other one uh, if do you it? really
1: want to hear mine um yeah. Mine is uh, not related to podcasting. Yeah, go on. Um, But the audience may be aware, and if not, they're about to be, that you are an avid reality TV watcher.
0: Oh, God. So,
1: can you tell the audience what is your current favourite reality TV show?
0: I blame you for all of this. Um, Okay, hold on.
1: on, Stop there. When you... When we started this journey with reality TV, it was you who introduced me to 90 Day Fiancé and that's where it started. I just want to make it clear to the audience that um, (laughs) it was not me, in fact, but you.
0: I heard about it from Tom Segura's podcast Your Mum's House yeah, um, and that was the recommendation uh, 90 Day Fiance and then how it many sounded, seasons have we it watched? It sounded absolutely ridiculous and it is, it is uh, yeah. th- the storyline being some um, cockamamie American decides to have a relationship with somebody uh, who's overseas uh, through a dating app or whatnot and then they have 90 days to cement and decide whether K-1 they're going to seal their K-1 visa and move that person to the United States it's often um, someone on the holiday to Puerto Rico or something.
1: Usually, like, people who don't speak the same language, et cetera. Yeah,
0: so the the camera crew, and this is just fantastic um, American approach to things. It's just like, so this is such a unique situation. Let's just get a camera crew and film the whole thing, and it's just crazy stuff. It's really redonkulous. But reality TV, um, yeah, so 90 Day Fiance, we do watch that together. Uh, Alone Australia has been another recent That was a real hit, actually, yeah. We've loved watching. Yep. Um, so, look, that that's probably the extent of the reality TV love. You go a lot deeper than I do in that space now.
1: Yeah, well, I'm into, as you know, the true crime and uh, legal um, reality. That's so not really
0: reality TV, babe. That's different. Category. No,
1: but it's like um, the trials, the, the trials in America. That's very yeah, well, much your, reality. Your
0: unique quirk is that you follow real life trials.
1: Yeah. Well, like- who would have thought you can watch a trial on YouTube? It's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> no one, and no one would be interested. I oh, know, it's for you. great.
1: It's just fascinating. <laughs> American law is just strange.
0: It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. So that was your first question and uh I think I we have at that one.
1: <laughs> okay. It wasn't as embarrassing as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. Um it's I sti- think it married at is. first sight also makes the list. You should tell like people you show. watch yeah, that show. Yeah,
0: yeah. I do like that show. Yeah.
1: It's good because some of the shows you watch I don't really find interesting. So I think it's good that we can watch these shows together. It's true, babe. You're yeah. right. All right. So, um more importantly back on the topic of podcasting. Um you have told me a few times that people uh, approach you about ideas of starting their own podcast. What do you think are the three hits, meaning successes or, you know, wins, mm. and three misses to starting up your own podcast?
0: So, what can you do right to nail a podcast and what can you do wrong Correct. to start a podcast? Well, I think um, when I started podcasting many years ago, it wasn't as crazy a space as it is today. So, there was probably about 500,000 podcasts back in 2017. Now, there's around 3 million. So, you know, the deck is stacked heavily against you because when people have that much choice, you really need to nail a niche or, or more general concept. I think a lot of the more general shows are dominated by talk interview type formats like your Rogans and your... um. Your your types like that, your Bill Mars and and these sorts of people, um, Rich Roll and whatnot. So that's that's pretty much done. The the mainstream. Let's just have a guest on and talk about things. That's been done a lot. I think what you're really looking for is quite a unique formula. Is the main thing. So you need to have a really unique concept. Um, You need to have a unique formula, and you need to do something that you're passionate about that people can hear that you really care about in what you're doing. So if I was to do a podcast about race cars. I wouldn't enjoy it and no one else would listen. Uh, So you've got to try and find that alignment between what actually gets you really excited, what does the audience want to hear about, and what are you good at talking about would sort of be the main things to think about. And once you've got that right, then you need to think of a really unique way to deliver it that other people aren't doing my philosophy has always been to do something quite differently. So, um, you know, where most people do fairly edited podcasts, as you know, Humans of Purpose is totally unedited. Um... With most podcasts, there's sort of some scripting or some bullet notes uh, and that kind of thing or there's pre-interviews and pre-conversations about what will be discussed. We don't do any of that at Humans of Purpose. So what I really wanted to do was to capture the essence of what is a good conversation um, on a podcast and I thought that people were having conversations that were a bit too manufactured. So at Humans of Purpose, none of our episodes are ever edited. Um, they only are for quality. They're all in one take, so you'll never hear people pauses or strange effects or whatnot in our episodes. And there's not really much conversation with the guest before because when you have a conversation in real life, you don't plan it. So those are sort of the things that I would say that make it unique. Now, the other thing to say is uh, the formula. Well, over time, you'll start to realize, and it doesn't happen straight away, if you make it past the 20th episode, which very few people do, you'll have to think about what is making your episodes good or not. Um, And for me, um, I'm a person who likes threes or fives. So, my rule of three is wisdom, banter, and experience. So, really getting to the guest's experience, uh, having great banter with a guest, and then unlocking some of their wisdom. I think where I've got better uh, over time, as you do, is getting faster at asking the better questions um, and also being able to direct the conversation to interesting areas, Mm. which is a challenge. Where could you go wrong in starting your podcast? So, um, a lot of people just have an idea and they don't test it or research it. So, they think, oh, um, my idea is I'm going to interview high performers from around the world about why they're high performers. And that's probably the most common type of podcast that exists. And it's already a really crowded space. So, everyone's doing, you know, human optimization uh, podcasts. So, you need to research very widely. Is anybody doing anything like you are? Um, and if they are, think about why yours is better um, because you're going to need to have that competitive edge. Then the other thing to think about is are you doing something truly unique or are you just doing something that everyone else is also doing? So you want to be doing something very different to what everyone else is doing to stand out. You know, It's like Peter Thiel always says, competition is for losers. So you be the only one in your lane and do it really well and cover your own market.
1: It's like the opposite of my life philosophy. I'm very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand the sentiment. It's good.
0: Yeah, the sentiment is basically like um, why bother competing if you can create your own category. Yeah. So, Humans of Purpose, you know, we, we aren't going for huge numbers. Our numbers are strong, but we're looking to be the number one podcast for purpose-driven leaders um, in Australia.
1: So, you've opened a nice segue there. What's mm-hmm. the future look like for Humans of Purpose?
0: Hopefully pretty good.
1: <laughs> so what's the um goal like what how many episodes do you think you'll get to when you say yeah a i question, think i've yeah, wrapped it up
0: it's a question i get asked a lot or i've
1: asked i've interviewed all of the people of purpose in the whole well, world how
0: many like how many let me put it back to you in a different way so let me reframe it like if i told you that there was a lot of interesting people out there when do you want to stop talking to them what would your answer be like infinity Yeah. So, for me, it's sort of like there are so many interesting people out there and, you know, I find new ones all the time that it's sort of an unlimited pool of um, talent and just fascinating individuals to learn from out there. So, quite selfishly, like I'm not going to stop until I reach the limits of my curiosity, which might never happen. Um, you know, for me, people say, oh, you know, does the podcast make money? You know, do you kind of evaluate it based on money? Never. It didn't make money ever for the first few years. This year, it started to make a bit of money because I put, finally put my finger out, put in some effort and, you know, designed a good partnerships package thing that people can put in some money to and um, support the podcast. But it's never been about the money. Um, It's really just about making quality content and having a creative outlet. So, while I'm still learning and I'm still curious and there are still great people out there, I want to keep going.
1: And how do you think the podcast has fared since we had to move all the podcast equipment out of Milo's room? Do you think it's got better or (laughs) worse? That's a
0: hilarious question. Well, um, having a son means that you have to make certain changes to your life and um, one of them was, yeah, deconstructing the home podcast studio and um, to be honest, I reckon – People did love the whiskey, the home service, coming over and doing a podcast in the house. Well, they could situation. sit in
1: his rocking chair. I mean, there is still a chair there.
0: It's <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> they could, you're right. Um, but I also think there's another part, as the podcast has sort of evolved and got a little bit bigger and more professional, it is nice that people can come to the co work space and not feel like they're entering someone's residential property. Uh, and also, you know, it's just impractical now with a young child to podcast at night or in the morning and with full-time work, it's very hard. So, yeah, it's certainly changed a bit and the has changed with it. But I think we have a more professional product now and I think that enables us to um, have, you know, higher profile people come on. Yeah.
1: Great. And when you reflect on 300 episodes, it's really quite an achievement. I'm, I'm not actually making a joke. Like, it's very impressive when I think back to when you started all of this, we didn't really have an idea of... This is just sort of a short-lived hobby. It was
0: so crap at the beginning, babe. The first <laughs> hundred episodes, good, are like, the, but
1: I was in the first hundred episodes.
0: Yeah, well, sorry, um, <laughs> but but like they were really bad. Um, sorry to anyone who's listening who was in them. But um,
1: so, what would you change about them if you could go back and redo them? Not saying you should. Yes, yeah, so you can't. Wondering. I don't
0: know, like whether you can. Like when you're figuring out something as you go along, it's very hard to like say, you know, what you were done differently because you might not. have get to the same place if you changed those things. But you just learn things along the way. Like I used to – I always told the story about how we used to do it. I was so nervous that we'd email the questions to the guests before we recorded and then we'd just go through the questions and read them out. And I, I just got like – I just thought this is the most boring podcast. I'm not even enjoying making this podcast. It's just so boring. So, you know, we did away with that and instead um, we started to work off bullet points and then as you get more confident, you just don't need anything. Mm. Um I always talk about Larry King being like a really interesting example of somebody who just never did any research on any of his guests at all. Uh, He'd just turn up and just was really good at asking questions. Um, So, you know, I don't, I wouldn't put myself in that camp. I do some research, but I think the conversations are good because they start with a base level of understanding and they take the audience on a similar journey, assuming that the audience also doesn't know a lot about that person. So that's, um, I think it's enjoyable and um, yeah, I'd say the first 100 plus episodes, no good because they're just too robotic and, you know, lack texture and that kind of natural conversational feel and as you get more confidence and you're able to facilitate a range of situations in conversations, you can just kind of do it by rote. So sometimes I'll just turn up um, and not know a lot about the guest, but can just, you know, I know enough to know that I can have a good conversation. And that's sometimes enough, and it's organic, it's natural, it feels like you're in a conversation. i always thought that's what people actually quite like, is that fly on the wall idea of being part of something.
1: Hmm. I'm curious, um, because I'm sure you've had a lot of great guests, or you have, but say you can tell the conversation's just kind of going stale, what do you do to re- Invigorate things. Do you have like a tactic, or is it just different every time?
0: Yeah, so I usually throw a cup of hot tea on the guest um, and just see how they react. Really,
1: or like figuratively?
0: No, not not in either way. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) how that would work figuratively, but certainly not actually, (laughs) and not figuratively. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's a great question. You have to shake things up sometimes because this is a natural, like, dip sometimes in conversations. So, there's a whole range of things you can do. I quite like to go with the, the random observation or kind of- um,
1: Like what they're wearing or-
0: Well, it can be about anything, but just to shake things up, a random comment about something can be quite good or a provocation or saying something funny. Um, you know me, I've never been one- who's shy to make a bad joke or attempt a joke. And so you can you can use a range of techniques. But I think even um, you know, sometimes creating a silence can be a way to do it. Sometimes um saying, that's really interesting. Um, how does this compare to XYZ? And just changing it up a little bit. So changing your style of questioning, changing to be a little bit more a banter zone, changing it to be a little bit more about a different topic or angle. Um, you kind of d- develop a little sort of toolkit or arsenal that you just fall back on. And it's hard for me to kind of talk about it when I'm not in the moment. But if you listen back to episodes, there are certainly some guests where there have been lulls and you really worry about it as a, a host, but you're kind of in the moment as well. So you just think what I'd usually do is think, what would the audience enjoy hearing right now? Um, and, you know, there's always a spare chair in the podcast studio and I think, oh, look, if an audience member was sitting there, what would they want to think or enjoy? Um, so I just use the banter usually at times like that.
1: Mm, and with that in mind, do you have a particular favourite, um, I won't ask you for your least favourite, but your most favourite or memorable podcast over the 299 episodes before today?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. That's a very common question that I get. Um, I don't have a favourite Podcast. Um, there are some that stand out more than others, but usually, like I would never release a podcast unless I'm pretty proud of it and happy with it. And I like to think that the quality is pretty consistently high across the board. Um, if I'm not learning, I'm not enjoying the podcasting. So I, I tend to like the ones where I really learn something about the person. And through the new Substack um, that I'm releasing, the blog, uh, the weekly email blog um, that goes out Thursday is the Hedgehog's Nest probably feature the ones there that have been the most interesting for me um, because I've spent time reflecting on what the guest has said afterwards and can then unpack it. So we did um, last week, the first post was with Kate Dundas, um, who was at uh, the UN um, Global Compact Network Australia and she was at Sustainability Victoria before. I just thought she was quite fascinating in how she talked about Personal and work values, and alignment, and enjoyment of work, and um, she's done a whole range of things around community gardening, radio, um, you know, working high levels of policy and bureaucracy, and just p- people who whose minds work a bit differently. I find really good. Um, another one, uh, you know, the the Substack will come out also uh, will be last week when this is released. Is Jared Valeri is a mate who I um, sit next to at the Commons, and he. Is interesting to me because he's such a consummate startup founder. Like he's, he just grinds and grinds and grinds, and you know everything's high performance, efficiency, and productivity. And that fascinates me because I'm not really like that. So that made me tick. Um, certainly, recently, Delara Pachechi from Silo was just incredible person um, and doing some amazing work in the psychedelics space. That one probably more interesting because of the subject matter. Um, than, than just um, you know having a different mindset, but certainly her way of thinking uh, really resonated with me too. I should uh, shout out my family members who have been on the podcast, like yourself, um, mum and dad have been incredible um, because you know, no matter how much time I spend with you guys in those episodes, I've, I feel like I've learned something new. Um, and people always love the episodes with, with family and the ones that you're on in particular people like too.
1: Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, with that- in mind, I'm just curious if you had your pick of one person, the entire world, alive or dead, that you could interview, who would that be?
0: We had a pretty good staff at getting one today, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we shouldn't say because we <laughs> want to build up the suspense, but I'll just <laughs> so let everyone know it a is global
0: expert. In, in- no, no,
1: don't say in what.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, can, I can-, can
1: No, I no, listen? don't say okay. what. It's okay. too obvious. Okay. So but if, stay tuned.
0: One of my favorite subject matter areas that does not relate to the podcast and the global yep. expert in that.
1: Yeah. Um, really excited so for that So, the leader. I hope I, maybe I can get a guest appearance. Via
0: Twitter reach out, which yep. is just pretty incredible. So, yeah. So, that's big. Uh, who would I really want to have on the podcast? Um. So, one thing I'll say is that humans of purpose is about elevating everyday people. So, purpose-driven leaders, but it's not about profile or status. So, people might think, oh you know, is it Julia Gillard? Is it this person? Is it that? All great people and have a lot of time for them, but you can hear them on any podcast. For me, it's people who are doing amazing work in the community in some way, um, but they're not necessarily the ones who are always in the spotlight. So to to be honest with you, um, I like discovering and finding new people and unearthing people for myself um, more than I do going to where the bright lights are. It's sort of just not my lane. So, I don't really have like a target right now. I tend to just sort of scan and go with the flow and see who's around and who's doing interesting things and who gets referred to me. And, um, you know, the way I work curating the podcast is really you just go to a lot of events that interest me or do things that interest me and notice who's there and see what I'm attracted to uh, interest-wise. And I think that's what makes for great content is the natural interest and not looking for celebrity guests. So, you, you know, like a lot of the people who come on the show have big followings and profiles and whatnot, but they're not sought out for that reason. They're usually sought out because I think there's something particularly interesting about them or what they've said. I'm looking forward to speaking to more partners in the venture capital world. Uh, That's a space that really interests me and particularly founders and investors in climate tech and health tech. Um, That would be some real interesting territory for me. But, you know, there's no kind of bright star person. It's not Chris or Liam Hensworth or, you know, anything (laughs) like that, so...
1: That's a really odd uh, uh, reference.
0: (laughs) Someone mentioned Chris Hemsworth in like a thing today, Um, so I was like, maybe that's my context of what. Like a like a um, oh, it was it was the um, Eddie Cuff guy. So their podcast will come out in a week or two. Did they
1: interview? They were
0: saying that Chris Hemsworth had said that they liked their product in a blog, and I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Because, like, I know he's a big deal for a lot of people, but not so much for me.
1: Yeah, people forget, um, obviously, he's good looking, but he was not the best actor when he started out in Home and Away. And I just find it so incredible, like, his worldwide stardom. He's very good looking. Yeah, but it's just so bizarre.
0: He's got a brother, too.
1: Yeah, he's also not a great actor. Anyway, yeah. we can move on probably.
0: You don't want to talk about the hit um, anymore.
1: No, no, I think we can move on. Um, but tell me, um, because obviously in your spare time, I'm hoping you don't spend all the time um, doing podcast stuff. So, and you usually walk around the house listening to something or other. So, what's the hottest sort of podcast you've been listening to it's lately, a and why?
0: Question. Well. I do love – so, I, I'm in love with the medium more than I am actually making my own podcasts. So, you know, I'm a voracious listener to a podcast, which is why I started doing it myself. I, I Oh, shit. I, I just wanted for myself, you know, could I actually do this? So, I have a wide range of ones I like. Uh, they sort of range from stand-up comedy to documentary to – um, like Tottenham Hotspur uh, podcast, occult stuff. The one I'm loving at the moment is called We Might Be Drunk and it's with my favourite comedian Mark Normand and uh, Sam Muriel. It's also great. Um, I really like Blackbird's podcast, Wild Hearts. I find it really interesting. Um, another one that I like a lot is called Conspirituality. Um, and that's all about the modern movement around um, the convergence of uh, spirituality and scamming and cons, mm. which I think is just really rife space. So, yeah, look, I, every week um, I've got – people ask me what I listen to. I've got 55 podcasts, and I just pick the top few per week that I think are most interesting and relevant and listen to them. Mm. Um, I am trying to listen to more audiobooks instead of podcasts because I think there's maybe deeper learning potential there. But I also spend like probably half an hour each week or every second week reviewing the trending charts on the podcast app on Pocket Casts and then saying, look, do any of these look unique or interesting? And maybe I'll give them a go. Mm. So constantly refreshing what I'm listening to, um, constantly trying to figure out you know what's good and what's out there. and. Um, I think that's just part of being in the space. You know, you want to get better and you want to also learn from what other people are doing mm. well.
1: You said something that really resonated with me about learn learning potentials and it made me recall um, when I was in my, must have been like late teens or early 20s, I was under this Um, illusion, this idea that um, maybe I could maximise my learning, not just like during the day but overnight. I just thought I'd share this anecdote really quickly (laughs) because anyone that knows me knows like I'm very ambitious. You. And so I thought, yeah, if I go to sleep – listening to abc radio i might just absorb information <laughs> in my sleep
0: like boy, osmosis. so i could
1: be learning all the time <laughs>
0: that's hilarious did and, you do that um,
1: i did that for a while um but i fell asleep really quickly because it was boring <laughs> and then i'd wake up in the middle of the night they're talking about something about the moon or something and i was like what is going on and i don't know i really don't think it made me any smarter but i'm just curious to know if that works like is there any science behind that do you think
0: do I think you're smarter because you no, not to listen to ABC No, not me specifically, but like,
1: do you think that that theory holds?
0: No, I don't. I think ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I, I think there is something to falling asleep to the right level of boringness content. Like you and I generally have really bad sleep habits and that we like to fall asleep to shows or podcasts. Yeah. Um, for me, what I really recommend is finding a documentary on a topic that you're interested in that's really poorly made. <laughs>
1: Well, no, I think it needs to be well enough, (laughs) made well enough that you're interested. Like if it's too boring, you just can't even watch it. Yeah,
0: my my formula is like pick the topic and pick something that's just baseline acceptable in quality, so – I've got like a wide range of historical interests, and you know I love the. Um,
1: yeah, I've got a range of historical interests. I listen to Doctor Phil, and that's yeah, been going for twenty. That's something seasons. That's really
0: not what I meant. Like, <laughs> like actual history, like the you know world events, like um, well,
1: is world events. You know,
0: uh, World War One, World War Two, the Mongols, all this kind of stuff. Genghis yeah. Khan, yeah. um, conquests, Rome.
1: Yeah, different strokes for different folks.
0: <laughs> well played, well Thank played. But I, but I think yeah, I don't think it makes you smarter to fall asleep and listen, trying to listen to yeah, ABC I, I really
1: just thought, how can I maximize my learning? I'll just use all the time in the day and night.
0: I would suggest that you could maximize your learning by going to bed earlier, yeah. listening to less Dr. <laughs> Phil, getting a better sleep and then waking up and listening to a higher quality podcast than Dr. Phil.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I think, do you know what I think it is? It's not the show and it's not him. Cause at times he really irritates me, but I actually think it's like the, um, fa- like often relationship dynamics that you see play out in the psychology that I think fascinates me. It's, yeah, um, it's actually not the trash element.
0: I think you like that people are genuinely often morons.
1: Part no, that's a, you're d- like diminishing my <laughs> Am intelligence. I? there. Don't
0: prove me wrong, no, I think it's Why more about that? like
1: I. You hear the advice and then you're starting to understand like what works with certain scenarios. It's like the psychology of it. I think is like I like how I like the legal um, sphere for the. Um, for, you know, understanding the law. You know, I've had a fascination with that area, but I think that show is like more about the psychology for me.
0: Like, I I find it hard to fathom some of the like situations that emerge on Doctor Phil and. Oh, it's not like
1: you know um, Maury Povich or whatever. That people just <laughs> punch <laughs> <me>. each. <laughs> or Jerry Springer, Donahue, where they just Donahue? punch Donahue? each. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's
0: a bit different generation. Showing your age. Ooh, look out! It's <laughs> <That's> another zinger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll get back on. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm talking.
0: laughs> Are you done talking about how good Doctor Phil is?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, not yeah. trying to suggest that people should listen. You definitely it. should suggest like. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So tell me, um, how's your week been?
0: Really. That's yeah. your next question. Yeah,
1: it's my next question. <laughs> okay. This is what we call like trying to, you know, reinvigorate the conversation. Oh,
0: Sorry, so I didn't know we were that's in a live
1: That's That
0: was how's your week been? <laughs> is your reinvigorating question? Well, it's Tuesday, isn't it? Um was it Wednesday?
1: It's hump day. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Uh yeah,
0: it looked fine. Yours.
1: Yeah. yeah, uh it was a busy day, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you need to work on your <laughs> um your like reviving questions. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't have the same level of podcast (laughs) experience as you do. Next question. Move it along. All right. Um, So, tell me, um, how do you find the intersection between, um, you know, your work life and like obviously you're working in the not-for-profit space, which is a very altruistic um, contribution to the community and what you do with the podcast. Do you think that's helped you to navigate the, steer the podcast in some way?
0: So the, the relationship between work and the podcast, look, I think it's, I, I've worked in a couple of different places since the podcast um, kicked off and I think it always helps to be in the space and to know who's around and, you know, often um, places where I've done the podcast have really benefited from it. Um, I've often had the people, some great employers um, on, on the podcast as guests, um, so yeah, that's definitely helped. I think being in the space, it can sometimes be a little, this is going to sound weird, but there can be a bit of like altruistic fatigue where you kind of get to a point where you're trying to do good in your day job every day in the community and then you podcast with people who are also doing a lot of good. And sometimes I like have these fantasies just about like talking to really evil, nasty people about what they do and like just getting away from the for-purpose Sounds space. like a
1: new podcast idea right Yeah, there.
0: so the idea would be humans of dispurpose or thought. <laughs> thought of it, about it so like just getting on your doctor field types you really dysfunctional people who are just like doing horrible things and that would be maybe like a nice balancer so
1: what would be your screening process be like what sort of you know how would you the determine same as the
0: serial killer thing like did you kill any animals when you were young um you know <laughs> do you have you murdered anyone no it would be uh, i'm i'm joking like really like the interplay is very good i just think sometimes for me it's sort of like the idealism of everything um, and trying to do good a lot of the time can be a bit much. It can feel a little bit overwhelming. So, sometimes it's quite nice to branch out and not do a podcast about something that's too purpose-driven or or impact-driven or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's fun sometimes to work in a job that isn't as um, parallel to the podcast or sort of closely aligned to the podcast. So, mm. yeah, look, I do love it and it has been very good. But after five years, I do sometimes think about, you know, am I on the right path? Am I getting the, the balance right? Um, you know, there, I'm sort of by nature, I think, quite an optimistic person. But, You know, you can sometimes feel like you're just a little bit too, uh, when you have to be optimistic at work all day and then optimistic during the podcast after hours or before hours, it can be a little bit much. It's inspiring. But the other side is like, you know, you're always thinking, oh, you know, "Um, there's people doing so well everywhere and doing such great things. And then it's just like, oh, am I really having the impact that I want to in what I'm doing? So, you know, there can be the, the perverse impact where you start to question whether you're doing enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which could
0: be quite hard.
1: Yeah. And um, with that in mind, can you tell me, um, I imagine from time to time you get a bit of um, fanfare. Um, so tell me <laughs> – <Fair laughs> <Yes. laughs> is that the right Yeah, word? people
0: send me yeah. underwear constantly. No, not like very that. Hard.
1: Um But I'm just curious, What do you have a piece of um, the most memorable – um, feedback or advice about the podcast, either from a guest or from an audience member?
0: I get very little feedback um, on email or social media or any other form, really, other than people <laughs> saying this is great or I enjoy this, like the usual stuff. Um, so, I haven't been publicly ridiculed too much, which is great, I guess. Um, you know, I think it's a fairly positive podcast and it's, you know, it, it's mainly about helping people, so that's probably why the the feedback's been very good. Um, and I think people don't really like to give constructive criticism or, you know, like layered feedback when things, I think things are just going well. So, I do ask my guests every week after I release an episode, like, what could I do better or how was your experience? And they never, like, I almost never got a response. Um, they do share the podcast, which probably means they enjoyed it in most cases, so... That's good. It's a lovely piece of content for them and community. But people um, are more likely actually to say to me in person what they think of the podcast rather than remotely, which is nice. Um, People will often say, I really like that episode you did with um, this person because, you know, this and that. And, then they'll ask some questions. But, yeah, people are generally very polite. There isn't a lot of fanfare. And actually, one of the things that makes it most difficult is that um, there's not a lot of ways to know how well you're doing Mm. because so few people talk to you about how it's going. So, really, for me, I'm not a person who relies a huge amount on um, that kind of feedback. So, I just keep putting one foot in front of the other and hope that the guest enjoys it and hope that I enjoy it. And my formula has generally been that if – both myself and the guest enjoy it. Um, the audience probably will also, mm. and that's sort of been the case more or less. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it's it's been really good, fun experience, um, but. Yeah, just there's not a lot of feedback in the podcasting world. Um, so really it's more about thinking, oh, you know, are people liking it? Am I hearing good things? Are the guests sharing it? Are the numbers good? Do they remain good? And if so, you just sort of keep putting one foot in front of another and it's self-reflection. So what do I think I could do better? Um, it's a lot of really – and for me being a reflective person, I think that works well It's sort of thinking – you know, I don't listen back to the podcast, but I do think about it afterwards and try and try new things.
1: Yeah, you know? And tell me, I'm sure the audience is curious to understand what goes into selecting a podcast guest. Like, how do you go about um, venturing out and s- sort of selecting someone to approach? And then if you approach yeah. them or they've approached you, what's the process like? Um,
0: it's, it's generally very basic. It's like, meet someone. Am I interested in them? Um, Do I think they'd have something interesting to say in 40 minutes? And do I think the audience would enjoy hearing about what they do and their field of work and their journey? So it's sort of like those would be the main considerations. Um, It helps if they are in the purpose-driven space uh, or they're a purpose-driven leader of some sort. Um, So those would be, look, really the main things. And it's just gut and intuition. So sometimes it's referrals, but it's mainly just going out there and thinking, is this a person that I'm genuinely interested in and want to learn more about? And that's why the podcast, I think, is good and works well because you're only hearing from people that I want to talk to. Um, in other podcasts, anyone can go on and it's usually inbound pitches and people, you know, pay and come on and whatnot. And on this podcast, um, it's not an open door policy. It's actually a very closed door policy. So you only get on the podcast if I have found you somehow and think that you're interesting. Um, so for me, that's, you know, a really good way trusting the gut intuition and a few basic questions and then just, you um, doing my best to produce quality content with that person.
1: And so what – have you had many people approaching asking to be on the podcast and how do you navigate that?
0: Well, it's constant. Um, So we put on our website a long time ago that we don't accept self-referrals or or self-pitches. So, you know, every now and then you get people who I don't know or know vaguely recommending someone else. And I'll have a look at that here and there. But primarily – what makes the podcast good is that it's curated by myself. So I do take very special care in selecting guests that I think will add value to what our audience likes and and knows and what they enjoy about the humans of purpose experience. And I think my judgment matters a lot in that process, but also I'm going to make a much better quality episode if I'm really interested in the person. So in a way that's the selfish part. Um, Look, everyone thinks that they've got something really interesting to say and they probably do. But um, what I've found is that when people really want to be on your podcast and approach you about coming on to your podcast, the incentives aren't right at the beginning because I'm only interested in talking to people who aren't desperate to promote what they're doing or themselves. Um, So by seeking them out instead of them seeking me out, um, we've kind of got the balance right from the start.
1: Mm. And so do you think um it's become easier to get guests um that you you know may have been like on some level a bit out of your reach early on yeah, do you think that yeah, that because you've built that sort of um sort of platform over time
0: yeah it has I mean that's part of it like you build you build an identity in a platform and I think you know people with podcasts sort of have a pretty good instinct of what's a legit serious production and what's sort of maybe something a bit more amateurish and you know something that's not been around for very long or maybe not a high quality production so I think having sort of been at that 200, 300 mark and well-established and been on a bit of a brand journey and got the identity right and the quality right. I think people know about it. Um, We have really strong word of mouth. So 70% of our listeners um, find us through uh, recommendations from other people. Um, And we don't do a lot of advertising or anything like that. So mostly people who are listening to the podcast have just heard about it. And I sort of started to notice that um, people know me more from the podcast than they do from my job, which is 98% of my work week, of my week in time. So, you know, people don't know this, but only a couple of hours a week goes into the podcast uh, before or after my full-time job. Um and you know, it's weird when people know you for such a small fraction of what your week looks like. Um, but I guess that's just how the uh, cookie crumbles.
1: Mm. Speaking of the cookie, <laughs> our son.
0: <laughs> Nickname for our beautiful. what, child.
1: Um, what do you think that um, your approach to things has changed other than obviously being us being time poor um, has changed <laughs> since and having a son? Do you think that changes how your outlook on how you interview guests or?
0: Yeah, I talk about him constantly. Yeah, so that's something. It always helps. I think if you've got kids, it helps to build a connection around you know with other people. Like a lot of other people have kids who come on the show, so that that's sort of. Helped. Um, I, as you know, with me, I often foist either Marlowe on other people or pictures of him on other people without them asking. Yeah,
1: I do that too. I so I can't help
0: it. He's very gorgeous. People
1: ask, "Oh, how's your son?" And I say, "Here, I'll show you a picture."
0: I do the same. Um, <laughs> people don't even ask.
1: Unsolicited.
0: <laughs> I, I will sometimes say, "How is my son?" <laughs> oh, here, I'll show you. Uh, so, yeah, look, look, it's wonderful having him involved, and it's it's sort of made. Um, When you have a kid for the first time, uh, like we have recently done, I think it makes all your time more valuable um, because the time, everything is a trade-off between the time that you could be spending with your son, forming that connection. So for me, whenever I'm podcasting or working or doing anything else, I'm thinking like the opportunity cost is time that I could have with Milo. Um, so, if I am going to podcast, it better be bloody good because the time with M- Marlo is invaluable.
1: So, with that in mind, if you could co-host a podcast with Marlo, say he could talk, what would you call it and what would the theme be? Probably
0: Dada, and it would just be me talking and he would occasionally say Dada or <laughs> nana, which is his other word. So, it'd be fairly limited in content. It'd basically be about dads and bananas um, and occasionally he might accidentally say mama.
1: Okay. That sounds very compelling. Do you think people will like that? I think you should stick with humans of purpose for now. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm mindful that we've talked for some time. So I I think it's a good idea to leave your guests with really important prediction of who's going to win the grand final this year.
0: That's the question?
1: That's the question.
0: We just smashed Collingwood. um, so. Do
1: you think the Hawks have a chance? The, well, what do you say weed Do you mean St. The, the
0: Hawks have a chance of getting one of the first few draft picks. Um, that but means
1: they're c- going to come last.
0: They're going to come very close to it. Now, they've that, been better. They've been okay. Uh, some green shoots. But I think the Saints, mm, no. Um, Top eight. Pro- probably the Pies are still looking pretty strong, I would say. Yeah, um, okay. And for the Premier League, yeah, definitely Tottenham Hotspur. That was going to be Ange. my
1: next. Yeah, I was going to divert over to Ange Postacoglu because I think that's m- more cheerful than the Hawks' prospects this year.
0: Yeah, it is. I'll definitely be spending more time watching things in uh, London than I will at, at N17 rather than over here at the G. Um, but, you know, it's quite good because as finals come on here and um, the Hawks are not involved in any way, um, I'll be enjoying the start of Worst the Premier League the season over there. So that'll be good too. Um, babe, wonderful to be with you for the 300th. And- I
1: feel very honoured that you selected me of all the people in this household. Um, I feel like I, um, you know, was a small chance, but I'm glad I got called up to the plate.
0: Do you have any closing questions or are you happy to sort of wrap up? Um,
1: I want to start a podcast. No, I'm kidding.
0: I'm just kidding. (laughs) Podcast advice? Definitely not. I've got, I've got it for you. Um, it's called ablate then vacate.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'll see, I'll see what my colleagues think of that.
0: That's a cardiology joke for the audience. (laughs) very bad one thanks babe thanks for being with me
1: thanks Mike. congratulations on 300 episodes
0: thanks if you enjoyed this episode make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and why not share it with a friend or two if you want more from your humans of purpose experience become a humans of purpose member today through our new platform supercast all you need to do is hit the link in our show notes If you have a message to share with our audience about your brand, products or services, we have a wide variety of paid promotional packages available. Please get in touch by hitting the link in our show notes.